to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. Roar number 100. 100. That is uh, awesome. What an achievement. You know, these aren't uh, daily, these have been weekly. I am impressed. Yeah, it's been about two years. I remember when we first started our first day at the station, which hopefully we will be back in that room again, not as guests, but as our own shows. But uh, we have carried on through podcast land. And uh, 100, that is something, you know, we have all 100 shows videotaped mm-hmm. and um, audio taped in our website. And so if anyone wants to see any of our old shows, you're welcome yes. to go to wakethebearradio.com. Now, some of these shows are timeless, where we interview somebody that's involved in something, and it's not necessarily the news of that week. And so you can find plenty of good content that is still just as fresh, mm-hmm. just as uh, powerful today as it was when it first was uh, being shared. So I would encourage you, don't write it off. I know I get in a habit. Yeah. I want to hear the latest within the last yep. 12 hours. So. Yeah, well, I, I think you're right, Ron. I think one of the things that we, when you're talking about the stuff we're talking about and you're talking about principles and you're talking about events, some of them are not, they're, they're timeless because they're time bombs. Like we've discussed something over here and then we've said what we thought was going on. And now we found out that it was true. Like, and we're going to talk about some of that tonight. Like the, that, that now ivermectin is now good for you. We'll talk about some of those things um, that are now, <laughs> you, you have to watch what that, what was said before by the media, the narrative and what is being said now. You really can only get the context if you remember what was said before. So um, I'm excited about tonight's show. And we're going to be talking about a few of those things. Uh, Chris, you're back with us tonight. I'm excited to have you back. Yes, and my love tank is full. I was with family, and I've got the most beautiful grandsons in the world. And later this week, I'll be with my other um, son who has beautiful granddaughters, and both my daughters-in-law are going to be having babies. So I am just in grandma heaven, and I'm very excited. You know what President Trump said about babies and having children and how how he even wanted to get a um, uh, get a, a town where babies, you know, the, a new baby boom was started. Well, my family is starting the new baby boom, and they are right on time. So uh, I am just very excited. Chris's oh, posterity awesome. is starting a whole new baby boom just on her own lineage. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I uh, just a couple things that happened to me. Um, I'm on week six of the Patriot Academy class, which is called Biblical Citizenship. Patriot Academy class put together by Rick Green, David Barton and Kirk Cameron. I am with a group of about 30 people. We're taking the going through this material. It is amazing. I'm, I'm blown away at how good it is. Uh, Rick Green is, uh, is a lawyer. And he said, listen, I, the stuff I'm being t- teaching you right now, they never taught us in law school. And he's teaching on the Constitution of the United States, the Bill of Rights, you know, basic things that everybody should know. Unfortunately, things that aren't even being taught in you know, elementary, junior high or high school and not even taught in law school. In fact, in our class, we had one person who's a lawyer. He sat in the back and he said to me, and I heard him say, like, I'm a lawyer. I went through law school. I don't even know this stuff. And uh, so anyways, if you're interested, uh, we're going to be starting more Patriot Academy classes 
biblical citizenship, um, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a patriot, what it meant back then, what the Constitution meant back then, and what it means today. So, um, yeah, if you're interested, look it up, Patriot Academy, and or come join us if you're local. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. That's awesome. How about you, Ron? What have you been up to? Well, you know, I finished a, a milestone which was really uh, a load off my back, but a fun journey as well. Uh, I'm getting ready to go to Africa, uh, Malawi, Africa. And one of the things I wanted to do was to show the movie or the series, The Chosen. Uh, but I wanted to have subtitles added to it, uh, Chichewa. And so I looked into the, uh, you know, into Angel Studios. They do not have Chichewa out yet. So I'm just doing it until they do officially have one out. And I went in and added for the first season um, and I used Google Translate and then I translated back from Chichewa back to English to make sure it carried through and uh, was able to do that. And, and I tell you all that, not for any pats on the back, but it's like, you know what, you don't have to have an organization and be told all these things. You could just be in you know, prayer and say, Lord, what, what would you like me to do? Because I am basically representing a whole studio. If it weren't for doing this, this film wouldn't really be made available to all these people. And so you can really p position yourself in a place of impact with just a little a minimal, I'll say minimal effort. Although each, each episode is probably about 20, 25 hours. Anyway, finish season one. I'm going to go with season wow. one and we'll see if that uh, season two and three, you know, happen in the future. But uh, we're going to show it. What's nice about going to Malawi is because there's no electricity in these villages, uh, you go to show a movie and the whole town comes out. There'll be two, three hundred people sitting on the ground waiting. And so I was able to ship out. Uh, we had a container go out with other stuff and I was able to get a, a battery operated projector and a battery operated speakers. You know, when I say battery, you just charge them for the, you know, and then they play for hours. And so I, I don't need to have a loud generator, which we've done in the past um, with the Jesus film, the old 1979 one. But this is going to be eight, wow. eight episodes. If you haven't wow. seen the Chosen and you live in America, see it. It is by far the best uh, best series I've ever seen on Jesus. I mean, it puts me in tears almost every time. So, yeah, and I want to take quick quick plug for Ron for that organization his to offer is one of the sponsors of wake the bear radio. They've been sponsoring us from the very beginning, all the way, all the way That's up right. to hundred shows. So we want yeah. to thank um, his to offer um, who is doing this ministry, uh, Pat, you know, Patty Brady and others out in, uh, out in uh, Malawi. So thanks for doing that, Ron. Yeah. We yeah. will be praying for you. Cause I, I was, um, there are two places I went and showed, uh, with a group showed the Jesus film. One was in Mozambique and that was the night I saw a blind eye open. It was on a sheet with the old reel to reel. And yeah. like you said, the whole village came out and I saw a witch doctor who was, um, who turned to Jesus and got baptized right there. And then up in the Himalayas, I, uh, we, we did it with solar, just a solar battery um, on a first you know, February, right before um, the, the main cruise came through on the trekking. And in both situations, God showed up in a powerful way. So we just bless your time. And we yeah, just man. ask the Lord to, um, to really communicate his goodness and kindness and who the person of Jesus is through this, um, these films that you'll be showing. Oh, yeah. amen. Absolutely. Amen. 
Well, hey, tomorrow well, that tonight. Was all the fun stuff. We yeah, well, probably talk about our big story right well, now, which is being in the midst of ch challenging times. We still have joy. You know, the the Bible mm -hmm. says, you know, Jesus literally says, "Take heart." You, you know, you will face trials in this world, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So we're we're in the middle of that this battle right now with the Maui fires, the loss of life, the the no comment. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think one of the things we talked about as far as theme tonight is just give it time. All of these mm -hmm. things we have to watch and wait and not rush to judgment, but at the same time, ask the correct questions and give it time for things to play out and, and, and pay attention because like we said before, you, what was said two years ago and what is being said now, you mm -hmm. need to be able to see over time to see the arc of how justice is being played out. And like uh, Dr. Martin Luther King said, it may take some time, but the arc of arc of history yeah. leans leans towards justice. So, yeah, that's because our God is a God of justice, and the foundation of His throne is righteousness and justice. And we want to start out just by saying how sorry we are for the loss of life, and we want to uh, offer our prayers and our condolences. And the, obviously, there's loss of property, but in this um, this Maui fire, there there have been quite a few homes that have been lost and they have a list as of uh, this morning that I heard of 800 missing. And so wow. we just want to say um, that our hearts are with you. And as we talk about the Maui fire too, this isn't to pick apart and analyze and uh, we are waiting on time, but we do want to ask the right questions and we right. want to be in the current event and go, what in the world happened? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, we all have a background with the fire because we're coming up on the three year anniversary of the CZU fire. This Santa Wednesday. Cruz. And uh, yeah, and that that swept through. And I think all of us were evacuated. I know I was evacuated for uh, over exactly. a week. You know, we had to load up horses and chickens and dogs and cats and mm -hmm. get out of Dodge. And it was, uh, you know, it was kind of a tough tough week you know what what do you do with all these animals and, mm -hmm. and things like that yeah. so and it's traumatizing we i mean even if, even if you didn't lose anything it's traumatizing the 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 sense of fear i mean i remember the night when the czu fire started and when they had been going for a while my wife looked over the hills and we could see the fires coming over the hills mm -hmm. and it was only just a few miles away from us and she's like i'm out of here <laughs> so yeah. we and then she left and my daughter left and then we were packing up so uh, we know what it feels like to 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 to, to be mm -hmm. have that fear to know that we know people who lost their homes and everything. Like I know friends who mm -hmm. lost everything in that fire, that everything they owned. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know anybody who died personally, so I don't know what that feels like, but we just, we definitely want to say we love you, Maui. We love you, Lahaina. Mm -hmm. We love you people. Mm -hmm. We're praying for you. We're on your side. And, uh, and we're also for justice. We're those of you are saying, mm -hmm. Hey, what happened? Because it, 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 no matter how this was going on and whatever theory you have about it, it was clearly a public safety catastrophic failure. Mm -hmm. um, the people who are paid quite well to make sure that people are safe did not do their job. I mean, granted, sometimes people, sometimes things happen and we can't, we can't stop it, but it looks to me like the facts remain that the people who are in charge did not um, handle it right. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we have an old saying from the fire services, you know, I was a firefighter, career firefighter and paramedic and, and we would, it was a risk. How much do you risk? And we would risk um, a, a little for property. We would 
risk a little bit more for the environment if there was something dangerous that needed to be taken care of. And we would risk a lot for human life. And that was basically our grid that we went through. We weren't going to give our lives away for, you know, a Nintendo game that to, to go in and save someone's stuff. But we we would do high risk. And and when we look at this Maui fire, um, there needs to be asked a lot of questions. I don't know. Did any of you uh, notice things? Yeah, well, there's a lot of things swirling around. And, and, you know, you'll always have your conspiracy theorists out there. But, you know, I have a deeper uh, respect for conspiracy theorists now because this last five, five or six years, you know, a lot of times the difference between a conspiracy is uh, six months, you know, and so give, give it time. time. Uh, and so some of these I think are worth at least listening to. Don't write them off with your bias. Uh, you know, a lot of times we say, oh, that can't be. That's just weird. No. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? You know, the whole 9-11, you know, we've seen all kinds of things. Uh, JFK, you know, those have been unsolved in a lot of people's minds. And uh, this one is a tough one. So what had happened is we had, uh, what, a tail end of a hurricane uh, to where they got the winds. So it was, it was very windy event and they had fires and the fire department said they had put them out earlier in the day. It was 100% contained or out. Uh, I'll say at least contained, but I believe that it was is supposed to be out. And so they left and they were not there, uh, knowing that there'd be 70 mile an hour winds later in the afternoon when I guess this mm -hmm. front uh, comes, comes on. And so... Um, we know that a school, the schools in the area were closed that day. I don't know why they were closed. If it was, uh, I don't think it was a holiday, but it could have been something to do with the winds. Maybe they were, they were planning on being out of power. All I know is from what I've read is that children were at home while parents were at work. And so you had a lot of children in homes. And when this fire came through, they didn't even know until their apartment building had already caught on fire, things like that. So there's expected uh, a lot of loss of children. Um, mm -hmm. And so that, that, mm -hmm. that's even more heartbreaking. That's mm -hmm. kind of the details of what I heard. I saw lots of videos where, you know, people are driving out of there and there's fires. One video even had a lady dead on the side of the road. I think she was dead. They just, they just said, we can't help her. We can't help her. And they just kept going. Uh, it was really a horrifying, um, scene for anyone that was there. I have a personal friend there, um, a guy named Mike who, you know, lived in Lahaina and he's just right outside that city. And it just was devastating to him. Uh, just, you know, my city is gone. It's wiped clean wow. off the map. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of film, even people in the waters, you know, that, who wade, you know, swam out into the water. I mean, and then the smoke was so bad that some people even still died in the water because the smoke was so bad. Um, people, and so there's, you know, it, it was horrible, catastrophic, you know, just 10 foot flames on both sides, people getting out of their cars, leap, running towards the ocean. People who stayed in their cars lost their lives. I mean, you, you can see some of this, this footage on the internet. There's a lot of it out there. I, I think the, the, the question in everybody's mind is why, like what, what caused this? Why were they not prepared? What things don't make sense? And I, Chris, what we, your assessment I mean, as a firefighter and, you know, retired and what is it that doesn't make sense about the story? I mean, I, there's one, there's a couple things. And I, you know, I think of like, you, you mentioned this, Ron, 
that the same guy who's in charge of the command incident commander who was over the incident command of this event was also the incident commander over the Las Vegas shooting. So yeah. which, which the FBI turned up with no motive for the shooter. And then a bunch of stuff happened. So we have to go back into the Las Vegas shooting, but it's like, you know, they, the, the guy who killed, you know, who shot out of the windows, there were two windows broken. There was only one shooter. They said, and that one shooter, but everybody on the ground said there were more than one shoot, shooting. Yeah. There was shooting coming from other places. And then the guy who you know died, somebody took his laptop's hard drive. So all the data that that guy had is gone. And then the guy who got in a firefight with him in the hallway apparently took, you know, took a bullet to the ankle, disappeared to Mexico for three weeks. And the only time he was ever interviewed was on the uh, talk show of Ellen DeGeneres' show. So there's there's all kinds of weird stuff surrounding, and that guy was in charge. He was the incident commander. Pol is it Pelletier? Pelletier? Yeah, John, John Pelletier. Pelletier. And he's the same incident commander over Maui. So that th that doesn't fit. Uh, that that doesn't make sense. What what else do we get? No, that doesn't well, that, what sense. doesn't make too much sense. Although an incident command is incident is incident command, but uh, if he were the incident commander, he's he's in. The PD side is not on the fire side. So okay, that, that right. just gives me pause because it was obviously a fire incident first. Uh, although evacuation and rescue is a multi, um, it's cross, uh, cross disciplines. You're going to use uh, all your resources, but uh, this was beyond evacuation. So uh, what I know well, the theme, the theme there is is about the same as Vegas. They didn't get any support from all that I heard. People are like, where were uh, officers? I mean, there was no alarms set mm -hmm. for one. They should have had uh, fire alarms go off. Very least a tsunami alarm. They had an alarm system that you manually turn on to alert people. Uh, but people complained about not having any personnel there to guide people out, to tell them to mm -hmm. evacuate any of that stuff. So it seems like, you know, a ball was dropped in that PD area, at least, you know, and, and I understand that the firefighters, they only have 65 personnel for all three islands, I think. And so I, you know, mm -hmm. it, I, I could see where mm -hmm. it, they could just be shorthanded naturally, but um, it's just weird, especially if they were there earlier with the fire. Yeah, well, well, it's um, Maui has an outdoor siren system, and it's a, a very uh, well. Um, they, they they test it all the time because it works for tsunamis, hurricanes, dam breaches, flooding, volcano eruptions, hazmat incidences. You name it, they have it, and it's not on the um, the grid. It's it's battery operated, and so they test it at least monthly, and often more, and. And people who are, you know, the island can have some um, technological dead spots in it. So uh, that the people of the island, they know when they hear a siren that um, they, they know when the tests are scheduled and they know that if it's not scheduled, that uh, they need to get emergency information. And um, there is absolutely no record by the, the whole uh, emergency management system that the sirens were even activated so they could show that in kind of like an amber alert you know they they type that in at their their incident command system so it was never uh, no record in the computer that the sirens were ever activated and of course that's the first line of um, evacuation and warning to the residents and so um, that that was probably the most uh, interesting thing to me that no 
warning was given in a very well practiced warning system. I mean, you know, we all know about tsunamis. I mean, we live in a, a beach town and we know that when you get that warning, you need to move. And so these, um, these people in Maui, they know and respect those emergency systems. Wow. Yeah. So that, yeah, and usually you have a redundancy, you have a backup plan of a backup plan and a backup plan. What I heard was that there was a very, just a, tr a catastrophic failure of, um, of personnel, but also on the top leadership, uh, apparently the chief of fire wasn't even on the Island. And, and what the news is saying that is that, oh, this, you know, this is the driest season. There's, there's, they have fires all the time. Well, why would the chief of fire not be on the island in the driest season when there's fires all the time? And, it, you know, if it doesn't make any sense, or at least well, who would he put in charge? Who's in charge then when he's not there? Like, it just seems like there was a drop the ball, drop the ball. You usually have the redundancies to stop it. Yeah. And if one, someone drops the ball, then something else happens. And none of those took place. And it just seems like it, it just let it burn. Yeah, and, there uh, must have been somebody. I mean, that that does, like you said, it doesn't make sense. And as far as, I mean, the mainstream media's immediate narrative was a raging wildfire was fueled by unprecedented heat and drought. And it caused, uh, it was caused by some sort of man-made climate change. And then it killed all these people. And But the actual records of weather on um, Maui, they don't show that. I just wanted to pull up. Um, here is a, a record of what the, the Maui temperatures um, are right now. You can see in August right now, um, the lows are in the 60s and, and the highs are what, about 80, 88, 89, maybe up to 90. And, you know, honestly, they're in the hot season. Uh, most people don't go to Hawaii in the summertime because it's so hot. And, yeah. and they're in the dry season. This happens every year. And I, I want to show you. Uh, so this is 2023. Now, look at 20, um, oh, 2003. And you're going to see things pretty much the same. You see up here, they're uh, the same time. Now, this is in September. But if you look in August, you know, you're, you're looking up in the 90s, 90s. It's actually hotter back then in 2003. And they... Uh, I looked at all the, the temperatures from um, 2003 to, for 20 years. And basically there was very little fluctuation. And so wow. the, the, the idea that uh, we're in some sort of clim climate change and this is um, man-made because, you know, you're burping too much or, or you're, you're ru running your lawnmower and you shouldn't shame on you. Uh, it has yeah. nothing to do with that DARPA and Harper are putting thousands of gallons every day of boron and, and aluminum and other, uh, I mean, what are there over 200 weather changing operations of the government that no one is calling account to. So I'm just calling BS on um, climate change. Yeah. And that's one of the, this is one of the things the guy alludes to at the very end of his presentation. I think this is the mayor state, county, and federal support that it took less than a quarter of a day, six hours to get the approval from the president to bring those resources in. This was, of course, a shock to see a hurricane and its winds. I think that we're seeing this for the first time in many different parts of the world. I've been contacted by several governors across the country to share their experiences in a time where global warming is combined with strengthening. So let's just go over a few of the red flags that he said. Very coordinated bomb and fire went off. All we will need to rebuild 
is billions of dollars in its own likeness and own image with its own values. What does that even mean? And it's so coordinated with state, county, and federal support that within less than six hours, they got approval from the president to bring resources, hurricane-type winds that just happened to be the same time as the bomb-like fire. Governors calling to share their experience. So we start the press conference out with bombs and explosions, then set up how we're going to get some smart cities in Hawaii, and then we end it with 2030 propaganda of global warming. Yeah. yeah. 2030 propaganda global warming. And we knew yeah. that, right, Chris? We know that they were gonna that we're gonna see yeah. the, these type of things happen, right? Yeah. That Whether gonna... it was an intentional false flag or not, they are going to know how to leverage a good emergency, as Nancy Pelosi would say. Never waste a good emergency to get your your agenda pushed. And uh, so we we know that um, they want you to to follow the fear mongering of the climate change agenda scenarios so that you will willingly give up your rights, give up your property. And we know that um, there are just some nefarious things going on in that area, even about rebuilding laws that were um, put in place as recently as this year in Maui. So yeah, Yeah, time will tell. Time will tell. And, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot of stuff about, you know, weather weapons or, or uh, focused energy beams, things like that, you know. And, and before you write some of that stuff off, I mean, I did a bear pause uh, five months ago on uh, the, the earthquake in Turkey. I don't know if you remember that one, but the earthquake in Turkey. And you can look that one up on wakethebearradio.com. But they had a, an, um, a senator in a world court from Romania saying, shame on you for using weather weapons on uh, Turkey. And she says, you know, and, and everyone says these, these earthquakes were really bizarre. They were spread out. They were not something that is normal, but they said, you know, you've killed all these people and the blood's on your hands. They, they seem to be in the know with that. So there are possibilities. We can't just say, Oh, that's just, I've never heard of it or I haven't seen it, you know, explained on uh, CNN. And so it can't exist. I mean, the government's been saying that for a long time. So, right. so when people talk about weather weapons or, or uh, what is it, directional uh, energy? Direct uh, energy weapons, DEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I think we, all we can go by is what, um, is what the, the personal testimonies are that you see on social media. I don't think we can really trust what the media is saying, the mainstream media, and even the narrative of the government, because uh, that is uh, most of the, the positions of high-level individuals in leadership in the government are quite often installed in order to carry on, especially at this time in our nation's history when uh, we're getting a real push on uh, the Agenda 2030 uh, phenomenon and the things that are there. So, uh, so we we have we've seen uh, directed energy weapons in California before. When you look at Paradise Fire, I mean yep. the things that were shown there that that fire fire was three times hotter than the average fire. And I remember doing an analysis of it. Normally things burn at 1100 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, the glass melted in those structures and uh, plastic near the house was untouched and metal melted 
And so that's even higher than 2,700 degrees. And there were smart meters that were completely burned out within their confined closets mm. and nothing else was burned in the house. So what the fire ignites uh, is um, fire doesn't burn like that under natural circumstances. So you can go, well, look at the high wind. Well, the high wind would still burn. It would move the fire very quickly, but that does not account for the, the things that were shown at the Paradise Fire. And I saw a few strange things at the Maui Fire. There was a report that they found some, some deceased people who were sitting in their lounge chairs upright uh, as though um, something had had um, hit them so quickly, they didn't have a chance to even move. Wow. Now you'd think you'd hear something. I mean, fire's noisy. You'd mm -hmm. think you'd hear something. I don't know what they were doing in their lounge chairs with the, um, whether they were outside or inside. Maybe it was like a Barker lounger. And then I saw a picture of this dog that was obviously hit so quickly. And he was in this, um, position that wasn't like a dog that would die of inhalation or even heat exposure. He was incinerated and he was in a position totally um, uh, quickly, obviously didn't have a chance. So that that's an unusual fire behavior. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that, I think that you, you know, we, we don't have all the facts yet. We have to hold off. I mean, but the reality is, is that the, the technology through DARPA, do we know that direct energy weapons work or mm -hmm. that technology is they have that the, they can control the weather um the there's you know uh, they've been you know peppering the skies with uh, chemtrails you know and yeah. what is it they're putting on those in those chemtrails we don't know because they're denying they're even doing it so we can't even oh we know we know yeah, well, if you well, watch geo uh, engineering watch they yeah. they have uh, laboratory planes that follow these planes that line our skies with chemtrails and they stick their hand out the, the window they collect the sample and they put it right in and and it spits out they know exactly what's out there beryllium aluminum yep very hot yeah. hot stuff that that's put in the atmosphere that's so um, like a dust that if it, when it gets into the ground and it gets into the, the trees and everything, it may creates fires that are unnatural, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and, and yeah. it's, yeah. and it's, you know, aluminum and barium or you wouldn't think it'd be flammable, but when they're in a dust form, they are, they are very, they in increase the flammability oh, and the hot, yeah. height. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, yeah, and aluminum fires. Harp, you meant harp, right? Yeah. Mm. DARPA harp? and harp both have weather harp. programs. Okay. And this, and this technology isn't like, this isn't movie technology. This is, it exists. There's patents for it. It's been shown to be true. Like you said, Ron, they've tested it. They've checked it out, you know, Chris. So it's, it's just a matter of, it was that used here. It seems like it might have been, but we don't know for sure. And we have to kind of really ch keep checking. Yeah. And as we kind of close out on the Maui fire, you know, we do just, again, want to state that our compassion goes out to the people. And this is the, the area of the burn. Um, it looks like, uh, that the the part up at um, not the high top, but uh, was near. Do you say at Lahaina, that um, where the fire probably started and then burned down and also burned up? So we just want to say our our hearts are moved for the victims of the fire, and we'll be praying for them and 
um, if, if you do give to the fire victims, make sure you give to a legitimate organization. Yeah. I, I would just say I would avoid the Red Cross and I would <laughs> avoid major foundations and I would find out of reputable, maybe small churches or reputable organizations um, to give towards the victims. Yeah. And we have you know, a friend. That, that's a challenge right there because right. I, I'm hearing videos where they are saying they'll only allow the Red Cross and one other uh, world organization and that they had all these donations and they are just sitting there and they said, we're not taking any private donations. And this guy's wow. like, you know, our group gathered this. So, um, do the research though. I'm sure there's a church that's getting through. I mean, you don't have to give in the burn area. You can give to families all over that Island. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah, we and I have friends that you know. One of my my buddies who's a pastor said, "Hey, my, me and my wife are giving money to this woman who used to be in our city in Santa Cruz and now lives in Maui, and I, I vouch for her. So my wife and I are going to help give money through her and through her um, through her church, through the church that are connected to there, so that we know that the people that are there, you know, will will manage the funds well, that they they'll give it to people that are in need, and they'll they'll love and care for people's not only their physical but also their emotional and spiritual needs as well. So that's huge." Yeah, absolutely. Good. That's good. Okay. Yeah, I was well. going to say one last, one last thing about that. You know, Oprah Winfrey did buy 870 acres of Hawaiian islands in Ma Hawaiian Island, Maui for $6.6 .6 million on top of the 100 acres she already owns. And that was just a few months ago. I think it was the, uh, yeah, just about three months ago that she did that. So that's well, interesting. Since you open that can of worms, might as well talk about the smart island and smart city that uh, they've been talking about. I mean, they are having a, a, what do you call it? Um, a Protest? gathering, this uh, a conference. That's the word I'm looking conference, for. They're yeah. having a conference this September on uh, the next steps to making a smart island. Now, a smart city or a smart island is those 15 minute cities. Basically, mm -hmm. uh, it is. Dominated by high tech, uh, the Internet of Things, where you have sensors and everything, so you know every temperature, every person, where they're at, their banking, their habits. Uh, it's just all, and it's for efficiency. So it's like, okay, energy use is this much at this time, so we'll peak it up when people are moving around, and we know they're moving around because we can see it live. That's what they're talking about, and they want everybody to stay in in really concentrated areas, you know, high rise. And they have them all in one place, not spread out. And so that's kind of what and, and so they want Maui to be the very first, very first um, smart island. And well, and, and, yeah. And did you know that there was a protest against that um, that was scheduled that day that never what? happened? There was a really? protest against smart cities in that island by the island peoples that day it was scheduled for that day. It didn't happen. Really? That, Are you sure? Verifiable. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll have to put that in our notes. That's a that's kind of a big thing to keep an eye on. It's just, you know, they say there's no coincidences, and again, we'll let time tell. But that is that is pretty interesting. I, I know that I've heard too that there are a lot of people that were on Epstein Island that uh, have a lot of property in that area. Um, and so if this is a smart city to be built, you know. And, and definitely Lahaina is not one of those cities that's going to say, hey, let's modernize. I mean, it's old. It's got traditions. 
the people mm-hmm. want to stay pure to the land mm-hmm. and, and those things. And to say, hey, we're going to get rid of all these things. You're all going to have the high tech, modern, controlled life. I don't see that with Hawaiians and stuff. I've mm-hmm. been there myself. Beautiful area. And yeah. it will come back. But uh, yeah, we keep them in our prayers. I guess that's enough to say it. I don't want to be labeled as a conspirator. Uh, conspiracy <laughs> totally. theorists, I should say, but those I are good care. questions. I, I are one. That's what we need to ask right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it's interesting. We are in a different mode <laughs> as a country. I mean, instantly people knew about the police chief. You know, mm-hmm. ten years ago, that yeah. probably would have been unnoticed. But people are like looking for uh, patterns or looking yeah. for things, and it's making it extremely hard for the deep state to do anything. Whether this was it or not, it is making it very hard. And I'm very proud of those people that are digging in and and connecting dots because they're not going to get away with it. And that's why they are going down because the world's uh, caught on to them. People are waking Mm -hmm. up. This bear in California is waking up as well. Mm -hmm. So it's good news. And in that area, yeah, definitely in that area. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and speaking of uh, waking up, did you see the article about ivermectin? And there again is a uh, give it time. Uh, that the FDA had a then and now pronouncement on ivermectin? Yes. Yes. Um, in fact, I have a video on that if you if you want to yes, see that. Yes, play it. Play it, right? Okay. Yes. Oh, Let's I want to see it. Oh, yes. This is – I got a kick out of – I got a kick out of watching this one. So uh, let me play it. So just got some breaking news. The latest numbers from Florida, they have broken a single-day record – for an increase in the number of deaths. Fear. 1,338 new deaths. And as you know, nearly 18 months into this global pandemic, more than 646,000 Americans have died. That's scare everyone. Medical professionals are still caught up in a fight between science and dangerous misinformation. That includes the drug ivermectin, which is most often used to deworm pets and livestock. Disinformation sites, though, claim it's a COVID cure. But the FDA, even the drug company that makes it, warns patients not to take it for COVID. Despite that, a judge in Ohio ordered a hospital to administer the drug to a COVID-19 patient in spite of the doctor protesting because the patient's wife demanded it. And then there's popular podcaster Joe Rogan, who announced he's tested positive for COVID-19 after doing some shows in Florida. While he's being treated with monoclonal antibodies, which are effective, he also told his millions of followers that he's taking ivermectin. Joining me now, NBC News senior reporter Ben Collins, who has been covering this information for us for a very long time. So, Ben, tell us about ivermectin and why and how this these lies about it keep going on. These lies. The last year or so (laughs) to the old hydroxychloroquine phase of the anti-vax panic. Uh, The same people who were pushing hydroxychloroquine last year onto people as a so-called cure are the people pushing ivermectin now. There's a group. Yes, we were. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's a group called uh, Frontline Doctors. That's what he's referring to. Loud and proud. Yeah. And so, you know, you see what they did there. She, She says lies. They focus in on the pets thing. You know, what was it? Didn't didn't the uh, inventor of ivermectin get a Nobel Prize? Yes. And it was did in 2015. Yeah. yeah. And it was for people. It wasn't for your horse. Yeah. 
when yeah, when it almost that. completely eradicated river blindness because um, it was uh, cheap and the common people could take it and it had very low side effects. Yeah. So. Yeah. So <laughs> it just shows. So, yeah. hey, give it time. Isn't that our theme tonight? Just give it some time and you will see. <laughs> That those who were telling you telling you you were crazy for taking ivermectin, I, I I think of my wife. You know, my, we got a prescription for ivermectin, and we couldn't get it fulfilled. We went. To, my wife went to CVS and tried to get it filled, and the pharmacist there like like kind of oh, yeah. laughed her off, treated her like she didn't she was crazy, and wouldn't give wouldn't fulfill the human dosage for ivermectin, which is had prizes. You know, no, it, it was it's been used for humans for like thirty years. Normally, like, and a doctor, so so a pharmacist who's po politicized, denied us getting ivermectin yeah. at CVS, and then of course we had to go online and find somebody else, and and it was interesting because it was a doctor and said, listen, yeah, I'll, I'll prescribe it for you. Use this company here just to let you know that's what I've been seeing consistently is towns where there is a lot more liberal leftist mindedness. You they don't end up letting people get their prescriptions filled. So it's, it was definitely a leftist talking point from the very, very beginning. And it's so weird. You, you kept telling people, listen, wh why would they do this? Why would they do this? Joe Rogan was pissed. Like you, they, they blackballed mm -hmm. him and like, why? And it's like, there's an agenda here. And the, the agenda is all the money that was needed to be made through the injections has already been made now. And now they can go back to having FDA approve or say that it's approved to use ivermectin, which is cheap and easy and free. And, you know, it's, it, you know, it's not doesn't have a patent on it, you know, and it's cheap, you know. But, you know, if you remember back then, they if, if the law was if there was any other uh, approved drug for this novel coronavirus, then they couldn't get the the emergency approval for the vaccines. So they had to shoot it down. And they had to say, no, 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 ivermectin's bad. You know, you know, hydrochloroquine, that's not, you know, not real. You shouldn't use that because they, the, the, the money behind the, the pharmaceutical companies were driving the entire agenda from top to bottom. Yeah. And, you know, what's um, unprecedented is that uh, physicians have always been able to make their treatment plans for their patients. And what this did was it took a highly effective medication out of the hands of doctors who wanted to save, um, save their patients. And these doctors had high prices to pay. I mean, many of them were threatened with their medical licenses. It, I mean, I, I just think it's a travesty. We don't hear a, oops, we're sorry, uh, for either, um, Joe Rogan or, or for, to the doctors that, that had threats and some of them did have to stop practicing. So yeah. um, we're just hoping that justice will prevail and time will tell that there will be a price to pay for, um, for roadblocking on purpose and effective. And I say on purpose because it was shown uh, that had been used for so many um, things and uh, cancer, there was acne, there was the ro rosacea, obviously, um, some of the, the uh, parasites. And so um, I'm hoping that justice will be done for the those that uh, kept it from being available to people who needed it.
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The, the arc you know, of I, history leans towards justice, and it's and that's it, 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 we're seeing that happen. Uh, Ron, can you zoom in on that thing you just put up? That is amazing. Look at this document that he put up. Yeah, I'm trying here. Uh, I'll I'll have to move it. Around. Well, let me try this screen here. I'm trying to. I have it on a screen, so let's try to get it as big as I can. Yeah, there you yeah. go. So what you have here is when you had the cases in the millions of, uh, of people taking the vaccination. And you notice that today when they announced that it's okay to use ivermectin, look how many people are getting the vaccination. So see, the vax had already run its mm -hmm. course. They made yep. all the money they're going to make. Yep. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can use it now. You know, now that we made our billions and trillions uh, enforced and, and even that news uh, clip from uh, MSNBC, if, if I played it longer, he would say, why would you why would you even pay for ivermectin when you can get the shot for free? You know, that's what the guy says, uh, oh you know, gosh. and it's just like oh you don't want to die suddenly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. Anyway, I just thought since you were talking, so, I thought so I'd pull this over up. here, Ron. It, it was during during all the shots happening. It was it was horse paced, and yeah. ivermectin and hydrochloroquine were bad. Yeah. But now that all the money's been made, I mean, that's just really that that's just pure evil. That I mean, yeah, that is, is the love of money is the root of evil. The Bible says, right? The yeah. love of money is the root of all evil. So people who love money more than they love human life, they were in control of this. That that's what you need to wake up to. There are people, folks in your government that do not care about human life, that they're not motivated by what you're motivated. And that's the problem is that we think, Hey, we love people. We want to, you know, we want to care for people. No, no one could be that hor horrendous and horrible. No one. And that's the same thing that people thought about the in Nazi Germany. They didn't think that, that it actually existed, that the stories of concentration camps were, could be real, you know? And they, and they said, you know, now, how could humans be that evil? That's the, I just can't believe that. Well, that's because you're judging it through your moral framework, which is yeah. that you believe in a God and you have fear of God. These people have no fear of God. All they care about is money and control and power. And this is what, why Wake the Bear exists is to get you to pay attention that there's real evil out there. And the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that we win, but we have to stand against it. We can't just wait for the rapture to come. Our job is to occupy this land, this land until Christ returns and to make it better and bring the kingdom of God on the earth now until he returns, you know, so th that's, that's whole why we're here. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just on that same note, um, uh, Brandon, uh, it, it just, I, I'm going to pass on that. I'm just, let's move forward on that. <laughs> I'm well, pass it, you might, it might come back up because we're talking about the same evils, Chris. You know, uh, one of the big things that just came out, and I know you just watched it and I just watched it, is the J, the J6 narrative mm -hmm. is falling apart. And there was a, a massive campaign to suppress the truth called the J6 Select Committee that it turns out that they didn't even interview the Capitol Police yeah. Chief on hand that day was uh, – Police Chief Stephen Sund, Sund, and they yeah. didn't interview him. But they say they're trying to get to the bottom of J6, and they want to blame it all on Trump. But they didn't even interview the police chief captain there. And it's it, it, and Tucker did a uh, episode 15. It just came out last this last week, and he actually interviews Sund. And this is the weird thing. He said Sund says they barely interview me. I think I had three minutes of interview time, and the J6 commi committee did not interview me at all. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then he, and then, and then, you know, 
Tucker, who's been fired from Fox, said, well, uh, the previous organization, we actually already interviewed you. And it never it was supposed to be aired in April and it never got aired. Wonder why. And then, of course, Tucker was fired and his air never came on. And so now Tucker gave him a second interview to go back and redo all what he already did. And this is it's all coming out now, folks. That this was a coordinated false flag hoax that was created to entrap and make people who were patriotic look like crazy people. And interesting, some of the things that you'll find out about the Tucker when he gave the interview is that they had what the, the intelligence was telling them was 18 domestic terrorists that were on that were that were they had intelligence showing there were 18 domestic terrorists there that day. And then, of course, there was plenty of feds there and that there was actual surveillance that found out that there were going to be this was all going to come happen. And guess who was left in the dark that day? The police chief, Stephen yeah. Sund. And then he was fired and replaced by somebody else and never interviewed. So this is a coordinated attack, not only on the ground, but also in the getting the information out to the public. And if you just went ahead and believe what they told you, oh, J6, those are crazy MAGA people, those people that did the same thing to Jesse Smollett. Oh, wait, no, that was a hoax too, right? That's what we're seeing is hoax after hoax after hoax put forth by this prophetic voice called the mainstream media, which is a false prophetic voice mm -hmm. telling what you should believe and telling you who you should hate. And this has got to stop. We've got to, we've got to wake people up. Yeah, if you yep. look at the look on um, Tucker Carlson's face it, during the interview, uh, it it just um, he was befuddled at how inept um, and obviously conspiratorial the government was to. It wasn't just uh, Chief Sun that wasn't interviewed. It was the top three law enforcement officers who were on duty that day. And wow. the reason they gave uh, for not interviewing is they, they made a decision that only current law enforcement officers could, would be interviewed. <laughs> and so those three guys were either fired or told to resign. And so they didn't get their testimony in the J6 um, investigations. And uh, so it's just, you could you could see the lo the look tells it all and and really what i was wanting to say was um as we investigate things that are hard uh, we remember we're in a war we're in an information war we're in a fifth generation type information war and it can be exhausting and it can do something to your heart so you have to pace yourself but the truth is if you don't open your eyes then you are complicit and I, I mean, none of us like looking at things like child trafficking or or the corruption in our nation or the things going on that are killing people. And it's hard to fathom because if this is true, what else is true? And that's a big jump to make. And we understand with Wake the Bear, that's what we're trying to do is say, uh, do uh, open your eyes, do the research, pace yourself. But it's coming. The flood of information and truth is coming. Just wait and see. Give it time. Yep. And we're seeing that. I mean, we are seeing a change in the tide. I mean, just like we talked earlier about the Iowa State Fair. I mean, it was a basically all Trump, you know, and it's because those that were uh, diligent early on 
getting out that information, doing the research that nobody really wants to enjoy. They don't enjoy the bad news, but they, they stood there and more people came and more people are being added. And, you know, there is really no other choice. You can't just say, I, I give up, right? I mean, yeah. if you give up, it'll only get worse. It yeah. will get so bad, you'll be literally a third world fall apart country. So people are standing up and there is no other choice. We need to go Zero all sum. the way to the end. Zero yeah. sum game. Exactly. There is no other choice and no other choice for the those that want to do what the Lord would want. And I believe the Lord wants righteousness to always win out. Truth yeah. always to win out. Know the truth. It'll set you free. You know, and, and right. so there is no other choice. If you follow, if you're a follower, it's, you can't do sidelines. We are called to expose, you know, okay. Ephesians says have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, you know? So we are, we are commanded to expose those things. So, yeah. And I'm looking forward to the day when we start taking calls again, like we did on the radio show where we can actually have people call in and say, what do you think? And that's going to, that's coming very soon. We we've tested our systems. We'll have that coming up soon. Um, but I really do believe that we're, we're a community of truthers or a community, a growing community of digital warriors, truthers who are actually exposing darkness. And the Bible says this, you know, do not grow weary in doing well because you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. And so that's what we're, we're saying that we're not going to grow weary. We're not going to give in to fear. We're not, we're going to keep pressing forward. We're going to keep, we are Americans. Uh, we, you know, America didn't come in, come into existence by a bunch of people who are wimps. You have to fight. And that's not, we're not talking about physical violence. We're talking about spiritual prayer. Right. We're talking about you exposing darkness and we've got to bring things into the light. We have to bring stuff into the light so that exposure can happen and truth can be told and people can be set free and delivered by, like you said, by the truth. The truth will set you free, which reminds me of a great thing that's coming on that Wake the Bear is going to be hosting a night um, watching Into the Light, uh, a, a watch party coming up with fit, um, Into the Light. If you guys are familiar with Into the Light, I'm going to share a screen here. Um, this is the hold on a second. Uh, yeah, they're the makers of Out of Shadows. At makers of Out of Shadows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike Smith, who was a uh, Hollywood stunt coordinator, producer, and um, got high level 30 years in Hollywood. Uh, he's the one that produced the movie Out of Shadows. And it had like within like six days, it had like 33 million watches. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so he's doing part two, which is called Into the Light. And we're going to be hosting it at Convergence on uh, August 25th, uh, Friday, August 25th from 6 yeah. to 9. So those of you who are in town and around, come join us. We'll just be discussing this, this, this film. So good. Now, you two uh, previewed it. Just give a, a quick synopsis so people know what they would be coming to see. Well, General Flynn is in it. He's featured in it. Um, Mike Smith is interviewing General Flynn. Laura Logan, who is, I think, is an ABC uh, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. So one of, one of the one of the most decorated journalists. She was in wartime. She's in it. Um, she has an awakening in it, which is very interesting. Um, a couple of uh, there's about about six intelligent former intelligence uh, officers or military who are saying that we are in 5G. They explain what 5G warfare is and they explain mm -hmm. the, what the, the concern they have about a AI and using it. So It'll, it's basically just showing us that we need to really be diligent um, to bring things into the light. Yeah, that's really good. Very good. Looking forward to that. I can't wait. 
Hey, I, I wanted to do kind of a time will tell, and this is one other thing, and it's kind of a service for our audience. And that is if you are suffering from any long-term COVID symptoms still, and I know some people that have complained about that. And, um, you know, we had a, a guest on quite a while ago, Dr. Brian Artis, mm -hmm. and he was the guy that was talking about the snake venom and, and a lot of people gave him a hard time for it. Um, but you know, I, I listened to an interview this week on uh, blessed to teach and I was just blown away. I, I, the guy was on top of it. He, he, so I, I wanted to share a little bit about it cause I, I, I was yeah, excited about it. it when I, when I saw it. So there are, so what they did is they, they, uh, he's going to be explaining in great detail on the America great, uh, awakening tour in Las Vegas. And I think it's next month. And he says, this is the last time he will talk about COVID He said in those settings. He says, if you want to know anything about COVID, you're just going to have to watch that one presentation because what he's going to be covering is they, they did a study and he had all the details, but I didn't get the name of the study, but it was a peer reviewed type study. And they collected people from all around the world that are still suffering with these 21 mm -hmm. symptoms. They had to have had all 21 and they've had to have them for over a year and a half. That would be the chronic fatigue, dizziness, low-grade fever the entire time, uh, can't take deep breaths, loss of taste and smell, memory lapses, muscle pain and weakness, diarrhea and vomiting, um, concentrated difficulties, concentration di difficulties, sleep difficulties, mood disorders like depression, uh, headaches, uh, chest tightness, heart palpitations, cognitive impairment, and motor deficit, you know, kind of like a Parkinson's. And so if you are suffering from those, this is what this study did. They collected people that had all of those and they've had them for over a year and a half. And they had one treatment they did for six days and it got rid of everybody's symptoms. And then, everybody's. They, yeah. So let me, wow. let me but yes, everybody's. Um, it was, it was quite impressive. So let me, uh, let me just play just a little bit of this interview just to kind of give you an idea, uh, of what, of what he, um, did here. Let me get it here. Where are you? Where are you? Here we go. I got it queued up. This is the first slide I'm going to show it to the whole audiences. And the title is, do you or anyone, you know, still suffer with any of these symptoms post COVID? So just so you know, in January, they took a group of these people that had all of these symptoms, all of them, and they gave them one treatment for six days and told them all to stop after six days. And before they started the treatment for four days before, they were told to keep track on a scale of zero to 10, or sorry, zero to five, zero being the symptom doesn't exist anymore five being as bad as it can be. Right. They took all one of those 21 symptoms I just read off to you and they made them track what's the severity of those every day for four days before they started the treatment. Then they were expected to track on the same scale every single symptom every day of the treatment and every day until they all disappeared. So I just want y'all to know at this reawakator, I'm going to do this presentation. This one treatment of one thing cured every single one of those symptoms and they only needed to do it for six days and it took the last symptom in one of the persons after stopping the treatment so he started the treatment took it for six days 
They stopped the treatment. And then by day 21, all symptoms of everybody in the study, 100% of all their symptoms were gone. Wow. What's even more impressive is that by day three of treatment, 50% of all of those symptoms were 100% gone. They only took the treatment for six days, stopped it. And then 21 days after starting the treatment was when the last symptom even registered for any patient in the study. Wow. <laughs> they then waited six success. months, Rick. They waited six months after the six-day treatment and called every single one in the study back on a phone call to review all the symptoms they had six months ago before they started the treatment. And they wanted to know, did any of your long hauler COVID symptoms you had for a year and a half that never went away, how many of those came back? And not a single one of them ever came back. Come on. <laughs> now, what's interesting is there's medical doctors and professionals all over the world, including myself, who have been proposing antidotes, solutions to all things related to COVID and post-COVID. Right. And not a single one of them have actually told you about this treatment. Except for Dr. Except, <laughs> except for me. <laughs> and I've been screaming about this treatment since there my Watch the Water documentary dropped. And it's going to shock the world because I'm going to show them what they did with these people. So he's, he'll go in great detail with this thing. But as you can see on the screen, Nicoderm. Uh, is what it is that that is a patch that you when you're trying to get off smoking and it gives you nicotine there's a nicotine receptors in the back of your mm -hmm. brain area and wow. that affects your breathing uh, as well but so they basically took the nicoderm patch now you can get that at cvs or walgreens i don't think you need a prescription but it's it's readily available um and and this you know I think that was an amazing result, especially, uh, and I'll get more information when it comes out. I just wanted to share that because I think it was such wow. a powerful, powerful, um, result a hundred percent. Um, and, and six months later it was still gone. It cleared up and I know people that are still suffering. So this is something I would say, just get some, buy a, a you know, box or two or whatever it is of the Nicoderm do this for six days, just do it for a week. And, yeah. uh, and see what happens. So anyway, it's just amazing, to to me, that. amazing to me that, that, you know, that there's all of these remedies that are out there that still have not been discovered. You know, um, you know, obviously smoking is bad for you, but nicotine itself is a, something that's created by God. So to get it into your body from some other way, that's unhealthy, that is healthy is amazing that it's turning out to work. And, and I just can't even remember, you know, doctors are practicing medicine. They are learned. They're, uh, there's a the phrase, the thinking God's thoughts after him. Doctors are learning what God has already, you know, yeah. created in the, in nature yeah. for us to, to heal us. And so to think God's thoughts after him is to discover what he already has created. And I just, I just think, you know, we, we gotta be able to be tough enough to actually ask the tough questions mm -hmm. to seek out and, 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 and have the boldness and the courage to actually seek out truth, you know? I have a couple of quotes here. I wanted to share towards the end here, but Thomas, Thomas Paine is uh, not always known for being a, a Christian man, but also, a, but a very ardent man of truth. In fact, he was more Christian than people know when you actually study some of his writings, but here's a couple that I think of 
Those who expect to reap the benefits of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigue of supporting it. We've got to fight That's for right. freedom. We have to. It takes time. It's exhausting to do what we're doing. And the reality is, is he who dares not offend cannot be honest. So we can't we can't shrink back from people that might be offended that we're sharing ideas that are not orthodox or that don't sound like that sounds like snake oil or a conspiracy theory. Well, OK, yes. But what if it's true? You, the, the answer the question we have to ask is, is it true and how is it true and how can we verify it and how can we test it? And that's what Dr. Artis is doing. And that's what doctors all over the world have been doing while the mega orthodoxy has shut down experimentation debate reason using logic mm -hmm. and um, that's what we're that's what we're for we believe that you yeah. know god is good and god is big and the truth doesn't need to be protected no it doesn't that's right so it needs to be shown a hundred shows yes <laughs> and thank you for sharing this with us, uh, this special 100th episode. Uh, share with your friends, like, subscribe, do all the things that you can to, to support. We would really appreciate it. And uh, God bless. God bless you. This has been Wake the Bear Radio on KSCO, 1080 on your AM dial.